Hello, and welcome back to this week's episode of Lit AF with me, your host, Sarah Cohan. As I mentioned from last week's podcast, we are officially now serving up personal and spiritual growth conversations, specifically for the recovering fearful avoidant attachment style. I am a recovering fearful avoidant myself, and I'm just having a blast making that more of the focus of the show. So today we talk with Antoine Biledot Bardolo. I'm sure I fucked that up with my American accent. Um, but he did tell me his name in French and I tried to emulate as best as possible. <laughs> um, thank you for going along with me. So today Antoine tells us a little bit about his own personal healing journey, his attachment style. And we talk a lot about healing. And he actually does some, like a few moments of live processing. And honestly, it's so incredibly amazing to hear his own process. He's talking in real time about trauma and pretty deep wounds that he is literally healing in real time. It's so fucking cool. Um, and he is so fun to chat with. I just had a blast having a conversation with him. So I'm excited for this conversation. But before we get into it, of course, I always have my weekly check-in. And this week, I have a hilarious story about getting a black eye from my dear, sweet, adorable, my favorite girl in the world, my dog, Frida. <laughs> Frida Bonita Baby. That's her full name. You might have seen this on Instagram already. I posted it. I posted a picture of my shiner. Go check it out on Instagram if you want to go see it. It's me, Sarah Cohan. But we have a morning ritual. And honestly, this is the best ritual I've ever had in my entire life. But every time I wake up in the morning and open the bedroom door, my dog Frida runs in and she aggressively cuddles me for a long period of time, basically as long as I'll let her. <laughs> and mornings are mama time and evenings are papa time. I don't know why. That's just what she likes. So I am so honored to receive her love and energy so aggressively every single morning. She really likes to do this thing. I wonder if your dog does the same thing, but they do. But she'll get into the bed and like push away her feet as hard as possible from whatever surface they're on. So usually that means she's like either pushing my body or my husband's body like away. So she's like pushing really hard on her paws or she's like pushing really hard on the blankets and then she's like slipping and sliding. I'm, I'm guessing she just likes pressure on her paws. I don't really know what's going on there. <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> this particular morning this weekend, she got into bed and we were aggressively cuddling and she just batted my eye with one of her sweet, sweet paws and I immediately got a black eye. Um, it's not really a black eye. It's not like under the eye. It's just on the eyelid. So it looks like I'm wearing eyeshadow on one side, <laughs> one eye. And for some reason, I've just decided to be super lazy and not put any makeup on to cover it up because I guess I just don't really feel like I have anything to hide here. 
but it is pretty fucking funny. <laughs> it's been hilarious um, watching my coworkers' reactions this week to the black eye. Lol. So um, that's my check-in. I am doing fine. I just look a little off. <laughs> And yeah, I'm so excited to be here as always. Um, I do have a favor to ask you. Um, if you're listening to the show and you're enjoying it, please leave a review in the Apple Podcasts or Spotify app. Spotify has a new podcast rating system. I would really appreciate it. It helps to share this free, these free resources and this free information with, um, with new people that need it. So please, please help a, a fellow fearful avoidant out and rate and review the show. I'll, I appreciate it. They'll appreciate it. Everyone, it'll just make everyone happy. So why not do it? <laughs> and of course, um, if you have a friend that would benefit from one of these podcast episodes, please share it with them. This is like my favorite thing to bring you exciting, entertaining, and really resourceful episodes each week. So please share it with a friend. All right. That's it for my for my check-in and my announcements. And so without further ado, I give you Antoine Bilodeau-Bardelot. Thank you so much. So kick us off by just telling us who you are and what you're up to. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Sarah, for having me on your side of the podcast universe. It is such an honor, and I'm so excited for mm. everything we have on the plates for today's episode. So my name is Antoine, and uh, I am so simple yet so complex. And I, mm-hmm. everybody is really, everybody's just so simple and so complex at the same time. But if I could introduce myself, I am a soul having a human experience here on earth and I'm just doing my best to understand what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> yes, literally, <laughs> you are literally doing your best. I love it. <laughs> That's all we can do, really. That's all we can it, do. Yeah. Um, and I hate to like introduce myself by saying what I do, but I do like to say what I play at. Mm. Um, and I like to say that I play here as a content creator. So I like to create content for other spiritually gifted professionals who are looking to promote their services using the power of social media. Um, so I do anything from carousels. YouTube thumbnails, banner pictures. I also like to create uh, TikTok video style content for mm. companies who'd like their uh, services or products promoted on TikTok. I don't know. I'm like a spiritual influencer. Mm. I and I love that. That, that is so funny. Thank cool. you. You know, social media gets such a bad rap these days. Like everyone's like, I got to take a break. I'm on a cleanse. I deleted the app, you know, and it's, it's a really interesting time and place for social media for a lot of reasons. I think like pandemic, where we are, but mm-hmm. I've heard that for content creators, it's actually, it's like a really creative, healthy outlet. And that if you're actually using the platform to create things and share things, it can be super healthy. I love that you say that because it's, uh, yeah, I I believe that everything happens for a reason. Everything mm-hmm. happens, period. And if I am 
you know, aware of my trauma and aware that there's a healing journey that takes place. And if on top of that, I'm creating content, yes. If you're asking me if it's therapeutic, the answer is yes, absolutely. I pour my soul, my creativity, my imagination into the content that I do. It's an outlet for me to channel my uh, toxic perfectionism. Mm. It challenges my procrastination. Everything that I hear, learn especially, I love to turn it into a text post. Mm. A real. I love to share knowledge. If I can create content that inspires, educates, and entertain others, but especially inspire and educate. Like I love to share wisdom with mm. content. My job is done. Mm-hmm. And what I love with podcasting, it's first of all longer, so you can elaborate, but it's like my way of journaling. Mm. I love to spill my thoughts vocally. So If there were cameras around me at all times, people would think I'm crazy because I'm always speaking out loud Mm -hmm. all the time, especially when I'm alone. It clarifies my thoughts. I can process things, view things differently. And I just started to do that with the microphone on Mm. because I'm starting to realize that my voice sounds good. (laughs) Self-flattery. and Yes, it does. (laughs) Every time I'm like, gosh, I wish I recorded this because it was so valuable. And like, Mm. I go through aha moments just by talking to myself. Sometimes I have to pause and I'm like, ooh, I just healed something. Like this, this Mm. was therapy, live therapy. So yeah, if I can share it and have it saved into a podcast episode, then I'm happy. And, you know, these things are just today's reality. Mm, Totally. They exist and... I feel like it's the same with anything. Nothing is inherently good or inherently bad. Everything just is, Mm. included social media. So Mm. it's so true. It's always a question of like how you use it, what you do with it. And you always have the power to choose the pages you follow. So follow inspiring pages, follow Sarah, follow me. Yeah. (laughs) Follow like psychologists and things that inspire and educate. Yeah. I fucking love that. I love that. Talk to me about this toxic perfectionism that you just mentioned. I had to realize that perfectionism is actually fear of rejection. Mm. Just like procrastination is fear of failure in disguise. Mm. And it's so funny because I processed something just yesterday regarding perfectionism. I want to bridge with the breath work because I know we're going to talk about it. Later on, so I'm taking this program to become a trauma-informed breathwork facilitator. Yes, 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 yes. And there is a practicum portion. So I'm breathing people in exchange of their feedback, you know, to improve my craft, practice my skills, get better. So feedback was to be expected. Um, couple first came through. Um, they were super positive. Very few things negative were noted and there's like two things that you can rate uh from one to ten on my first uh feedback forms that i received i got 10 out of 10 and the second one i received an 8 out of 10 and a 9 out of 10 (gasps) a normal person or you know on a normal day it's like 8 out of 10 and 9 out of 10 it's great it's it's excellent what is it like an a maybe even an a plus i don't even Mm -hmm. know But 
if you're a soul who's experiencing their human experience through Antoine, you suffer from perfectionism. Mm. And I didn't felt rejected, but I felt not good enough. Mm. And it was less about the feedback itself, but more about the wound that it triggered. Mm. I base my value on the quality of my craft. And the first impression for me, it is so important. Appearances are something that I put a lot of importance into. So the way I present myself, the way that I look, and I suppose it's a way to conceal my weaknesses. And since it was the very first time I facilitated people through breathwork, it was my first workshop and it was not perfect from the get-go the very first time, mm -hmm. it triggered that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And of course, in the moment, my conscious mind was like, no, you know, it's your first workshop. You're receiving right. feedback because there is just so much room to grow in life in general. So there's that voice that was happening in my mind. And, you know, it's logical. It's rational. It's the reassuring parent that was there inside of me. But later on, I realized I, w I was suppressing those feelings that were triggered the rejection the feeling less than perfect the feeling not good enough and it really got the chance to be felt when i went through breath work myself because a big part of the program i'm taking is there's a lot of hands-on practice breath work being performed onto us so that we can have a real taste of the medicine and the growth that you wow. can witness on yourself and experience by practicing breath work consistently so yeah I was being breathed by one of the mentors and without, without even starting the breath, just by tuning in to my body, to my sensation and hearing the music, I started shaking and crying and mm. just thinking about it right now, I'm getting emotional and like an external per person could be like, what are you crying about? Like this was your first workshop. Almost like I had this voice in my head saying, get over it. Mm. Why are you crying about it? But I felt my inner child so hurt, so small, so wanting to be accepted, desiring to be loved, and, oh God, <laughs> real mm. life therapy. Yep, it's happening. I'm loving this. It's happening. It's happening. For To me, being less than perfect meant, historically, receiving less love, being mm -hmm. less deserving of love. Like, love was taken away. Ooh, <laughs> mm. love is taken away if you're not perfect. Right. That's right. that's my story. Mm. Mm. And then how did you like, how did you give that love to yourself? I, like we were invited to start the breath pattern, but I was like, no, I'm just going to feel what I'm feeling and let it be there. And there's a thing we called basically balancing two emotions at the same time in your body mm -hmm. holding two emotions at the same time you can think of two things you can your mind can do that but your body can hold two different feelings simultaneously so i was holding my hurt inner child and i was also holding the divine parent who said despite the adversity you're always going to rise up despite what everybody says or thinks of you, I'm always going to be here for you. You're always going to be loved. And I honored these both parts of myself because they exist at all times. And yeah, it was true healing, like feeling 
where my perfectionism comes from. Mm-hmm. Like it took me back to high school, like how we were evaluated with grades and report cards and how the whole class was so surprised when I had a higher score than the one who always had the highest score. You know mm. what I mean? Like, I don't know what's how you call them in English. Scores, grades, yeah, same. So, yeah, the, the, yeah, the straight A student always yep. had the highest score. And then when, when, when I would have a higher score than them, people were like, oh my God. Like shocking, yeah. No, I can. I, I'm, I'm good too. Like I always had to fight to prove my worth, mm. and yeah, it's still haunting me today. Oh my god! Thank you so much for sharing that. That was so fucking powerful to hear real time how you like how you process that. Like it was really fucking cool to hear. And I also love, and I just want to point out that like you're sitting with the emotions. And that to me is like the hardest thing because it's so easy to just be like, oh, that's a tough feeling. We're just going to keep moving on with our day. We're just going to like go out tonight and numb. We're just going to like, you know, stuff it down and save that for another day when it just gets worse. So the fact that you like sat with it is so cool and powerful and hard. (laughs) (laughs) emphasis on hard it's like not easy (laughs) no 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 no. (laughs) it is not and we get so hard on Mm ourselves for either not doing it or doing it or not doing it right and i feel it's a huge part of healing it has to start in the mind it has to start with awareness of self, awareness of the wounding. But this is something I was trapped into is getting caught on trying to understand your trauma cognitively and pinpoint where every single thing stems from. I always use the comparison of, you know, in these um, police TV shows where they have this board with like pictures and names and like uh, mm-hmm. little chords connecting the mm-hmm. dots and like I sort of see healing. I sort of I I used to see healing like that. Mm-hmm. Okay, bullying. My dad said this. It caused that rupture in my nervous system, and now I cope like this. Mm-hmm. I I wish it could. I I swear to God, like it could have gone for years of me just trying to dig through my brains. Mm-hmm. And it did serve a purpose. Like, I would never change it for anything in the world. Um, It really started with attachment theory, which Mm. really led into, like, this cognitive understanding. So it gets to be 100%. But the trap is to get addicted to the understanding and the cognitive and the mental that you don't actually heal. Because here's the thing. Talk therapy is stunning. It's gorgeous. Helps you understand. Helps you have awareness on what happened to you because mm. that's what trauma is it's it's not that there's something wrong with you it's that something happened to you that should not have happened or something that should have happened like nurture care love being held that did not happen that causes trauma but true healing happens on a cellular level on a somatic level in the body in a way that Thais 
the the lady from Thais Gibson from the Personal Development School who teaches us about attachment theory. What she says is a strategy for healing is repetition and emotion. Absolutely, one hundred percent, because your body will get accustomed to the exposure of what historically would trigger it or traumatize it. Mm-hmm. And you go slowly, like baby steps. Bless you. I was Thank a you. cough. It was a cough, but I'll take a bless. <laughs> and, or not. I don't know. I kind of liked it. I know. It adds um, aliveness, humanness, right? Exactly. We're always so trying to be perfect and curated, especially mm-hmm. on social media. I cut out any blanks and ums and uh mm-hmm. and ooh and but I like when it's real <laughs> and raw. So props to you, Sarah. <laughs> oh, thanks. <laughs> but yeah, back to repetition and emotion. Let's say you have a fear of speaking up in front of people because you opened your mouth in elementary school and got ridiculed by another student or the whole class laughed at you. So now you're like, nope. Your body's like, nope. Speaking is not safe. We're not doing that. A way to heal would be to, I don't know, speak to one person and be heard and be listened and really feel what it feels like to be heard and listened to. Or, you know, a podcast. I feel so heard by you and I feel like you're holding space for me and I can appreciate that, Sarah. That's the way you can sort of heal with repetition and emotion. And slowly but surely, this person will be able to eventually speak to two people, three people, and a whole crowd, Mm -hmm. ideally. And another way to heal and it's one of my favorite self-healing modality is breath work of course i'm biased (laughs) but i really love it because i call it healing on autopilot yeah why (laughs) because (laughs) without knowing your body knows your body Mm -hmm. is wise and trauma is stored in the body so when Let's take the example of that child that was ridiculed in her class. What happened is that she felt a tension in the body, which created a rupture in her nervous system. Because us humans, we lost this capacity of instantly processing trauma. Animals do. Let's say a prey is being chased by a predator and the prey successfully escapes you'll see them shake. They'll shake off the energy. They'll shake off the stress, the adrenaline, the anxiety, and then move on. You're not going to see like a, what's a gazelle? Can you say that? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You, won't, you won't see a gazelle go to therapy because she was chased by a cheetah seven years ago. <laughs> I'm imagining the like one gazelle out there that like cannot handle any trauma. <laughs> <laughs> What's her name? Oh my god, it's Franny. Franny is this. She's lagging behind. She's oh my god. Crying. No one gets her. Oh, you don't get it. The Chino is running so fast. Everyone else is like, this is our life. <laughs> Shake it off, girl. I have just brushed my fur and then she ruined it. Yeah. Franny. <laughs> She's a little high maintenance. <laughs> but we 
love her. Oh, we love Franny. We love all of the traumatized gazelles oh, out there. Oh, my God. Come breathe with we me. Get, we get them. Yeah, exactly. Come, come breathe with Antoine. <laughs> breathe it out, girl. We got this. Oh, we love a shameless plug. <laughs> <sighs> Hey there. I hope you're enjoying this week's episode. I know I am. If you're enjoying the Lit AF podcast, I humbly ask you to make a financial contribution to the Lit AF tip jar. Your support will help make this podcast happen. Financial contributions help to cover costs like podcast hosting site, podcast recording software, and it also helps us to pay our amazing, talented podcast editor that brings us these sweet episodes every single week. Monthly and one-off donation options are available, and we've got some sweet thank you gifts for everyone participating. If you're interested in making your financial contribution, please visit sarahcohan.com forward slash tip jar. That's S-A-R-A-H-C-O-H-A-N.com forward slash tip jar. Now back to this week's episode. Thank you so much. But yeah, we don't shake off. We are a society of frenies, like who, you know, there's a freeze, fawn, fight, or flight responses. Like freezing and fawning are actually like trauma response where you feel like you can't. You just, like energy, when these events happen, accumulates, they pile up into your body, into your nervous system. It creates a rupture and that rupture gets covered by a protector the protector is basically the avoidant, the perfectionist, <laughs> hello, the procrastinator, the addict, um, the depressed, uh, the angry. These are all protectors, which I want to piggyback on what we said earlier, having compassion for yourself and love for yourself and patience for our healing journey, because these protectors or all of the ways we behave and that we want to get rid of or heal or fix, they served a beautiful purpose. Mm. These protectors, even though they are maybe toxic, maybe, yes, there is room to improve, these protectors kept us alive to this day. So there's so much gratitude and compassion to have for our, I don't want to say brokenness, but our, maybe Sarah, you want to fill the blank? I was going to say strategies or like outdated strategies. I love that. It's very, very cognitive, very smart. I love it. Outdated strategies. And thank you for saying that because I judge I continually. Even I was just in therapy last night and I was like judging myself for how I, you know, how my shadow plays out at IRL, um, how I treat my husband, which is like... <laughs> should be the best, you know, I should be treating him the best in the world because I love him so much and he's my partner. Um, and I, you know, sometimes I treat the people around me that I love so much the worst. And so I judge myself like that. So I judge myself for doing that so bad. And it, these are outdated strategies that I learned in childhood or like learned from, you know, my parents that I picked up subconsciously or unconsciously that I need to have so much grace for. 
So thank you. I need that reminder all the time. You're so welcome. Thank you for receiving that. And yeah, to finish my thought with like these outdated strategies are ways for the body and the mind to protect ourselves from the trauma to repeat itself and the way to really somatically allow these outdated strategies to be flushed away. Well, repetition and emotion for starters, exposing yourself to conditions that allow you to practice healthier strategies, but also breath work, because I haven't yes. finished my shameless plug. <laughs> Please. We're, we're on the edge of our seats. What does he do? What does it do? <laughs> so emotions are energies in motion. Like Franny running away, she's going through a lot of emotions of energy in motions in her gazelle body. And when that emotion is very high, could be traumatic, it stays stuck in the body, creates a rupture, stays there. Yeah, when we have these outdated strategy, it's literal energy that is stuck somewhere. Maybe it's in your knees, your hips. There's a lot of loving uh, energy associated to love and the lack of love in the hips, which is why yoga, stretching the hips is so powerful. Like sometimes I burst crying because I'm doing a split. Is it because of the um, split or the emotion? It's because of the slit of the emotion. <laughs> <Ow>. <laughs> ah, but breath work, when you breathe air at a certain pace, you're not only breathing air, but you're also moving energy. You're moving energy in your body, creating a flow. And at first, what this energy that you're breathing is going to do, it's going to, you know, catch on all the little crumbs you piled up throughout the day. So maybe you were upset in traffic. Maybe you had a fight with your husband. Maybe work is a pain in the ass. So this is going to be all flushed away. So it's good at the end of the day to breathe, just to flush away the day. But if you do it long enough, all of these little crumbs are going to be out of the way for your body to be like, hmm, okay, what can we get rid of now? And as I said earlier, the body is wise. The body knows. And this is how the body differentiates itself from the mind. The mind, the ego mind, the mind is a mind uh, problem-solving machine. The mind seeks problems. So, of course, if you tell your mind that you're broken, you're traumatized, your, your spiritual ego really is going to be like, hmm, fine, I want to heal yesterday. But the body's like, no, ma'am, not too soon, not that fast, because the body has its own healing timeline and it gets to be honored. So through breath work, your body is slowly going to come forward. Your body, your subconscious, your inner child, it's all the same. And your body's going to know what, deserves to be healed in that moment and what can what you literally can handle without you know re-traumatizing or breaking down um which is why trauma is such a huge portion of the program that i'm taking because you do not want to push too far with breath work and re-traumatize people but yeah so it's the this is why i call it healing on autopilot because all you have to do is lay there breathe it's a millennia old practice breath work is nothing new we just have forgot about it but you just breathe that's all you do you take a passenger seat the mind takes a back seat even you buckle in your inner child you say you're gonna be safe you're gonna be fine we're doing this together and the body is gonna just process what needs and what can be processed 
in this moment in time. I love that. It's almost like the body meditation, like rhythmic, shut the mind off, let the body just like reprogram itself. Meditation. Yeah. And I know that you mentioned meditation because yeah, breathwork is like an active form of meditation because mm-hmm. you're resting, but you're also breathing. Um, I like to say meditation, meditation is amazing, nothing against meditation, but I like to say meditation is like a walk around the block and breathwork mm. is like a whole ass marathon. Damn. This is, yeah, yeah, how potent and strong breathwork is. Because often, like, when I meditate, I'm like, what am I even doing? Is it working? Like, what's right. going on? And then yeah, I'm like, I think everyone oh. everyone feels that way. <laughs> yeah. Emails. Oh, I have this podcast at 11. Like, my mind just won't stop. <laughs> so what I do, I'll do a couple breaths before meditation like I'll, I'll i'll go to like a 15 minutes of breath work not even like five to ten minutes of breath work and then meditate because it shuts the mind and then you can fully enjoy the depth and potential of meditation love that what is going on when you're like in a deep breath work session and you get the lobster claw are you do you know what i'm talking about with like your hands like yes clawing up like what is happening in that moment well, there's a lot of science behind breath work. It uh, changes the pH level in your uh, blood. It can uh, accelerate your heartbeat. It changes your CO2 level. Uh, 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 what else? Temperature can change also. And yeah, basically, breath work gets, you out, gets your system out of homeostasis, which is your normal state. And some people, their normal state is anxious all the time, cortisol, cortisol all the time, on edge. That's people's normal state. So you want to get outside of your normal state. And the practice of breathwork is bringing you back to homeostasis, a better homeostatic state, a healthier one. And for the lobster claws, that's a phenomenon we call tetany. It's a, I'll spell it, T-E-T-A-N-Y, tetany. Technique. Oh, interesting. Wow. Yeah. It has a it's name. A, it has a name. The lobster claws. <laughs> I yeah. love that. <laughs> <laughs> That's basically involuntary muscles contraction that can happen, yes, in the hands. So the lobster claws can happen in the legs. And I often feel it in my face, like mm. especially on the lips. I'll have like super tight, pouty lips. Mm-hmm. And it's nothing to be worried about. It's absolutely normal. It's just um, accumulated tension being released. Mm. You know how sometimes when you contract all of your muscles and then you let go, it feels so good. It's like your body is forcing you to go through that. So it feels really good. And sometimes I, one time I remember I had like full body tetany. I couldn't move at all. Whoa. Yeah, I almost freaked out. Yeah. But then I rem- <laughs> I was I was a little panicked if I if I'm being honest. But the only thing I had control over was my breath still. Mm. So I held on to my breath and kept the breath pattern. And uh, the facilitator that was guiding us through the breath did a wonderful job to conclude the breath journey and bring us back down and my body just released attention through the final meditation and I felt I was floating Damn. like if I if I didn't know better I could have sworn there was a space between me and the mattress whoa it's like you your whole body got a release that's amazing yes damn wow that is so powerful 
I'm assuming that this that breathwork has been used for a long. I don't really know the history of breathwork. Like I'm assuming that this has been used a technique that's been used for a long time. I would say millennia, especially in Eastern Eastern sorry culture. Um, it was really hot in the seventies. It was called like rebirth. Whoa. Or like holotropic breathwork, mm-hmm. but it got really like controversial because people were like you have to be careful because like people were having like psychosis and like mm-hmm. if you have certain mental illnesses, you have to have a certain um precaution behind it. But yeah. Um it started to come in America in the sixties and got really hot, as I said, in the seventies. And yeah, there was a doctor. I actually have my book downstairs. I wish I had it with me. It was called Rebirth. And basically, it was to heal birth birth trauma. Trauma mm. associated around birth. And you were emerged or submerged in a bathtub with water. And you were breathing. So it was like you were in the womb and like being born again like it was like a whole experience damn well trauma birth birth is the first trauma right (laughs) so that's like going back to the beginning beginning oh it really is and like if we get even before birth i have pre-birth trauma i'm pretty sure like and that led me to not even feel safe in my body like i don't feel safe in this world i don't feel welcome i don't feel like i have a place and that's because so i've never said this publicly but my mother got her second child aborted Mm. because they did not want to have a second child no that's not true she was having a daughter and she did not want to put a girl in this world because of her own trauma like like my mother was like there's my child is not going through what I've been through. Mm. And so much love for my mom because I can only imagine how helpless and like resourceless she felt if she mm. felt like she was not able to like protect her own daughter in this world. It's so sad. And my dad had uh, testicle cancer. So he got one of them removed. Yeah, we're getting personal here. Um <laughs> got one of them removed so he could not have another child so well that's what the doctor said at least and then my mother got pregnant (gasps) yeah so my father yeah with me and my father was like ding 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 ding, something's not right so yeah that this is like you know where i'm going with this like i I felt rejected through my own conception i felt Mm. unwanted and like when my mom told me this i my first thought was like well i am that girl that you aborted Mm, i came back and it makes if we want to get even further like i'm gay i like men and like the reason why she got an abortion was because she didn't want to put a daughter in this world but she got a gay son which brings the same sort of challenging uh, challenges with bullying so i strongly believe that there were lessons my mom wanted to learn in this lifetime that i could provide and i came back and i forgive her and i think maybe i was not ready to come the first time but this time i was 
down. Wow. Yeah, you want it. You want it spiritual woohoo. You're getting sure spiritual did. woohoo. <laughs> oh my God. Dude, that's a lot to process. It is, but it's helping me understand why I feel some type of way. Why I want to understand myself so much. And I don't know if you know about Enneagrams, but I strongly identify with the type seven. Hmm. Oh, yeah. Seven is wants to travel all the time, always seeking adventure, uh, staying busy, always having fun. And that's a way to cope, basically to avoid my own sorrows, to run away from my pain. Um, yeah, type sevens are big, big, big pain avoiders, pain averse. So yeah, I'm learning to welcome back the pain and integrate it rather than running away from it. That's amazing and the most important work, like literally the most important work, because then you're setting a platform for yourself to, to be able to shine bright and, and give permission to others to do the same. Oh my God. It's so crazy that you say to shine bright because it is something that I receive a lot, that I'm a bright light and something that I went through in my mind this morning was that, you know, I have so many people saying it to me, repeating it to me, different people that don't even know each other. So one, that's an insane synchronicity, Mm -hmm. but I have a hard time seeing it myself Mm -hmm. that I am this bright light. So maybe these people- can be your vision holder. Yeah, they're, they're like reminding me. And you know how we are mirrors? Like if they see a bright light in me, it's just their own light being reflected at them oh i love that right so you're a bright yeah. light too sarah <laughs> thank you <laughs> it's like literally my life's my life mission to like help people with their inner child to stay joyful because i have like this childlike enthusiasm this natural joy this bright light and i so deeply believe that we all are light in human form, we're here to enlighten this world, to bring more love, to bring more joy. So by learning, ooh, I'm healing. <laughs> by nice. learning to see my own light, I'm going to be able to guide people and help people seeing theirs. Are you like a career counselor? Because like you're really helping me <laughs> figure out what I'm doing with myself. <laughs> No, but I will take that credit. <laughs> is is the replay going to be available? <laughs> you can hear your own session <laughs> on the podcast. <laughs> that could be your thing. Like you could be like just listening to people, and then they they go through these amazing aha moments just because you're holding such a safe and nurturing container. Oh. Thank you. Yeah. No, I feel like this is all your work here. This is, it's so cool to hear you um, in, in real time processing. I'm not sure. I'm not sure that that's really happened on this podcast before. So I really, I really appreciate it. And it's, it's a brave thing to do. So, so thank you. It totally is. It totally is. Thank you. It is a brave thing to do. I'm, I'm always just like, you know, show up polished. I've got the answers figured out. It's like, no, no, we're all figuring this out as we go along. Like, I love what you said <laughs> in the beginning of like, 
let me tell you what I play at because really that's all we're doing. We're putting on ridiculous (sighs) costumes that usually are suits to go to work. Like (laughs) none of us have it figured out. None of us. None of us. Like even being adults, that's the biggest lie. Yes. I, I, I could even say that like society is like the biggest pyramid scheme ever. Like, yes. Like, why are we doing being adults? Like, in my world, in my mind, we would be children our whole life and just love each other, play in the field with butterflies, and everyone would use their gifts. Because I don't think we have a gift. We are gifts. And mm-hmm. everyone would be providing to the rest of communities what they're good at. And it would be natural. Like, you wouldn't go to work being like, oh, I hate it. I just need money. No, it would be natural for you to, I don't know, people who love to cultivate food would be happy doing it. I would be happy to take care of people's mental health. I don't know. Mm-hmm. And make hilarious videos that we can all enjoy that inspire us to live our best life. Uh, yes. Screens, <laughs> screens and butterflies. Yeah. No, I would yeah there we that. go. Oh my god! I uh, I feel like we're going in that direction. I don't know how long it's going to take, but um, I love that because I think that it it's just such a truer expression of of who we are. It's it it is it is, yeah. and the world needs more of that. Yeah, I mean, there's so much just like isolation and depression, and I'm officially talking about things that I have no business talking about. So. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> Back to back to reality. Yeah. Back to here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I know that you're familiar with attachment theory, as you mentioned before. So I'd love to hear. Um, I'd love to hear about like how healing your attachment style has like affected yours. Like how has that fit on your your healing journey? Yeah, I think it was the gateway to my healing journey. Really. Um, because as I said earlier, healing has to start in the mind, in the head. You need to understand things cognitively because they can integrate in your body and attachment style literally put words onto what I was feeling. I identify with the avoidant attachment style, the dismissive avoidant attachment style, which makes a lot of sense with what I just said, like Enneagram 7, avoiding my sorrows. So Anytime people would display emotions, I would feel uncomfortable. Um, And just to realize that later on, I am an empath. And to feel other people's emotions this strongly without understanding them, because like the avoidant lacked um, emotional awareness while growing up, I would feel those things that I don't usually feel within myself and be like, ew, what's that? Like, this would show up, especially in relationships, because... You know, what happens, um, the avoidant attracts an anxious to, you know, learn from one another and heal. And so this is why I'm so grateful for my past toxic relationship. If we, we people want to know more about uh, that, they can um, hop onto my side of the podcast world. Um, but yeah, uh, it really, really, really helped me understand the dynamics that were taking place inside of me. Um and I know you had a question in your little questionnaire 
about like the secure secure attachment style i thought like i thought like becoming 100 secure was the goal but right now and maybe it's gonna be eventually ultimately but right now what gives me a lot of compassion and patience is to accept that i have those patterns recognize them and be able to see them as they arise in relationships in situation and now with all of this awareness i can have someone anxious around me and express my needs set my boundaries because i'm happy to hear you if you need a shoulder if you need to be heard but sometimes i'm human too and i'm not resourced to do that like this is all the vocabulary that i was able to acquire through this healing journey with attachment theory and before i was like i want to become secure to attract a secure to sort of avoid having to deal with all of those friction right mm-hmm. but now mm-hmm. i'm like if i attract another anxious it's fine it's fine i'll yes. accept the challenge yeah i'll do my best because that's all we do right we're all mm-hmm. doing our best with those uh meat suits on <laughs> and if i do attract an anxious well it's like i believe that we attract the right people at the right time for the things that we need so Absolutely. everything happens in the right timing i love that because i feel like the road to security can come with perfectionism and it's like that's not actually the point <laughs> Ooh, i love that it's like I, I I was so I also struggle with perfectionism and I got I got so hung up on being secure and only doing secure things and surrounding myself with people that exhibit secure attachment, you know, habits. Mm. And and judging people that weren't and I'm like, "Oh, yes." Ugh. This is not this is not the healthy way to be healing this mm. <laughs> at all. Yeah, no, the spiritual ego will really like judge mm. people mm. that are not quote unquote woke or quote unquote like secure. Mm-hmm. And that's the trap. And uh, I think we're all guilty of it. I sure am. I'm not a saint. Never said that. Never will be. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thank God. We don't need more saints. It's not what we need. <laughs> oh, uh, I love that. Me too. I love that. Well, thank you for sharing that. Is there anything else that you'd like to share with our listeners? I did not. I I did not expect all the places my mind went to today. Mm. But I'm very happy with the conversation slash monologue I had today. Mm. <laughs> so good. So good. Uh, I'm definitely gonna listen to that again and then you'll process more (laughs) i'll process more exactly love that (laughs) so inspiring Uh, okay so how can listeners follow along with what you're up to tell us about your podcast your breath work everything thank you so much so yes i am findable on instagram and tiktok at antoine billboard underscore for the tiktok because the username was taken by my Self and I don't have access to this. Oh my god! So, the Antoine- same thing happened to me. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. Oh. Uh, 
Yeah, Tenjin. It was like my old Musically account、oh. that I can't connect to because Musically didn't exist. But Musically transitioned to TikTok, and yeah, I'm still waiting for support to give me back access to my old username because the perfectionism in me does not want this underscore. I get it. No, I see especially you. Especially if I'm going. Yes, especially <laughs> if I want the check mark be verified. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh-uh-uh. Underscore. No. 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 No.、Respect. But yeah. End of tangent. They can find me at Antoine Billboard on both Instagram and TikTok. And I do have a podcast called the Billboard Podcast, which you can probably find in the show notes of this lovely episode with Sarah.、Mm-hmm. And、um, mm-hmm. I would like to offer a free breathwork session to whoever gives a five star review to Sarah's podcast. I love that. So we're gonna air this episode. We'll do it. I'm gonna add a little deadline for it. So we're gonna air this episode on <laughs> Wednesday, March second. And so to enter, just get in that five star review by Tuesday, March eighth, and we'll all announce the winners on the ninth. So、oh, I love that. Get it in! I'm excited.、Uh, thank you so much for being here. This was amazing, stunning. Thank you for having me. This was gorgeous. That's it for today's show. Thank you so 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 much for listening. I really hope you enjoyed. If you have a moment and you're in the Apple Podcast app, please rate and review the show. I could really use all the ratings I can get. And please share this episode with a friend that may benefit from it. Of course, hit subscribe to keep up with new weekly episodes. And if you're interested in supporting the show and being part of the Lit AF community, join our Patreon by visiting sarahcohan.com. Forward slash tip jar. That's s a r a h c o h a n dot com forward slash tip jar. Thank you again for listening. Please stay lit, lit AF, and I hope to see you back here next week. <laughs>